So we've looked at the historical context and how that context is relevant to how it is we go about interpreting rights in the Bill of Rights. The next thing I want to talk about is historical documents. So when there was Cadessa, which some of you would have been familiar with in terms of everybody coming together and thrashing out the constitution at these conferences, there was a lot of background materials generated. And what the Constitutional Court has said is that if you want to rely on the background materials and the reports of the various technical committees uh, that were there at the time, that that is something that you can rely on when trying to interpret rights in the Bill of Rights. But now I want to take you to something that is more important, and that's what we refer to as the textual context. So now we're trying to make sense of rights in the Bill of Rights. And the thing that we need to remember is that rights cannot be understood in isolation. So you cannot say, I have the right to freedom of expression without looking at some other rights, because if the right to freedom of expression has been violated, it can be the fact that your right to, to vote has been violated potentially, or your right to protest has been violated because you have been stopped from expressing yourself. So it's important to remember that when you are given a right, and you are asked whether or not that right is violated, that you then take a step back and that you say, okay, I've been given this right, I must determine whether or not it's been violated. But something that can strengthen my argument if I want to say that the right has been violated is that I can look to other rights in the Bill of Rights because the Constitution and the Bill of Rights cannot be understood in isolation. You, can't, you cannot look at provisions in isolation. You must read the entire Constitution as one document which needs to be harmonized, which needs to all flow together. So, for instance, when the Constitutional Court was confronted with the case of the Makonyani matter, they had to decide whether or not the death penalty was legal. But the court did not necessarily harp on one particular right in the Bill of Rights, and the court recognized the fact that there were these overlapping rights in the Bill of Rights that all had a role to play when deciding whether or not the death penalty was constitutional or unconstitutional. So some of you might recall the court spoke about the right to life, which is the most obvious one that would be violated in the case of the death penalty. But the court also spoke about equality and the court also spoke about dignity. So the court did not limit itself because the constitution is not a document that is here, there and then there and then there. The constitution is a document that needs to be understand, understood holistically. So like I said, if confronted with the right, like the right to protest, you need to understand that the right to protest involves the right to express oneself and the right to express oneself, oneself involves the right to freedom of expression and freedom of expression is concerned with being able to participate in the democratic process and potentially can even affect your right to vote in certain instances. So you need to be able to identify which rights in the Bill of Rights relate to the right that you are busy with under the circumstances and the facts, the question that you have been given to answer, and you need to be able to identify those other rights that relate to this right that you are looking at.